If you're really, really, really into this team, you're really, really, really into the release of Depth Charts. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. The Steelers are off today after a really rough weekend. And I understand that can sound like Captain Obvious material, considering they're football players and that. But this was legit. They went six days in a row. Friday night lights, that meant a 7 o'clock practice across Latrobe over at the high school stadium in front of 14,000 people. Sold that thing out, by the way. You people are nuts. And then came back for back-to-back weekend afternoon practices, Saturday and Sunday at St. Vincent, with almost no mercy on the part of the head coach. When I say almost, I mean that there were select veterans, as ever, who were getting their days off or their drills off. So last night, a little bit after 7 p.m., the depth chart gets released, and it shows, amusingly, but not surprisingly, zero rookies listed as starters. Dan Moore was in over Broderick Jones. Montrevious Adams was listed as the first-team nose tackle. Remember when I reported that a few weeks ago, that it was going to be Adams? Well, it is, for now. And on it went All the way down the list. And this is what he does. Of course, I'm referring to Tomlin. He loves to put these guys through the ringer. He doesn't care if they know he's doing it for no purpose other than to put them through the ringer. That's his personality. That's also his philosophy. As a coach, that he's keeping his eyes on everybody. He needs all of them at their optimal. And if they don't do that, he wants them to at least be aware that he's watching and that what they've done to date isn't acceptable until it hits a certain level where everything they do is gold. And that's when you hit your. Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward status. I'm almost inclined to add Najee Harris to the list. That's how highly Tomlin thinks of Harris. But that's how he rolls. Just listen to this remark from Tomlin over the weekend. It was a significant weekend, man. We worked last night uh, and had an opportunity on a short turnaround to, to bounce back and deliver again today. Um, we do those things thoughtfully, man, because we just want to harden this group, not only in terms of uh, physical preparation, but mental preparation. Um, the last 24 hours is kind of reflective of how the season could be from time to time. Uh, we'll play on a Monday night and have to sprint into the next week, or we'll have a Thursday night game and be sprinting all week. And so um, you take moments like this in preparation and you talk about the the aches and pains coupled with a, a short turnaround in an environment like this but you also uh, want to teach them and train them. Uh, it's reflective of what happens in the season and so I was really interested in the spirit in which they took the field today. Um, I like those things. Obviously we're growing in terms of the quality of our work but I like the mental approach of the group. The noteworthy phrase there 
all three words of it were harden this group. Now, I've been preaching to you myself for a while now that one of the things that really needs to emerge from this camp, not just the preseason and definitely not part of the way into the regular season, but in the here and now, is that this needs to be the toughest team the Steelers have produced in a while. That's not exactly the highest bar. When you're talking about a team that was so flimsy and non-competitive, really, as the inside linebackers were overall last year, I, I always want to keep you know, Miles Jack it was playing through an injury. Robert Spillane's as tough as they come, but just couldn't, you know, you know, do what needed to be done athletically. But when you're putting Devin Bush out there and seeing him dodge potential tackles, you're seeing other guys on the defensive line, uh, obviously not Cam or Larry Ogunjobi, but just not looking like they want to instigate physicality when you saw offensive linemen showing a lot of similar traits where they just weren't embracing the nasty part of the game, the vital nasty part of the game that needed to come back into this. You know, Tomlin has a lot of his Tomlinisms out there and there isn't one that I've ever heard that sounded more important to the process than I'd rather say, whoa, than sick him. He'd rather have guys who go overboard and he has to tell them to cool it than he would to try to fire up people who can't be fired up. That's a very, very, very steep challenge, not just in football, but in life. Good luck in any capacity trying to motivate the unmotivated. So part of what he wants to do here is to motivate the already motivated, which is something that comes with its own significance. But more than that, to weed out the ones who aren't. Listen, my friends, I am not one of those people who looks at 9 and 8 from a year ago and sees that as some sort of fluke or just a natural standard for them to meet again. I think this team should be markedly better, whether you want to predict it as being that or not. It should be that because these players are a year older, a year wiser, and in some cases, a year closer to being in actual NFL shape as opposed to college shape. But it's not a team that's got a Pro Bowl guy at every slot, to say the least. It's a team that's going to need to operate with this bite, and not just in AFC North games, but all the way across that 17-game schedule. They're going to need to do that to such an extent that their film will scare the following week's opponent. And do they have that here? I don't know. I've seen some of it in camp. I've definitely seen it from these new rabid inside linebackers. But is that going to translate? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the coach doesn't either, which is why he keeps pushing it. When we come back, J1Q. 
Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Dylan, who asks, With all the highlights coming out of Latrobe with guys making plays on offense in the passing game, should we be happy about their offensive potential or worried about the secondary and their coverage? Dylan, the correct answer to this is neither. Meaning, if you were out there, and I can never recommend it strongly enough, even if it means a longer trip, if it's something that you can handle. If you're out there, and you're watching this, you're not seeing a defense that's falling behind the offense, certainly not in any pronounced way. Yes, the offense has done well. The offense has done particularly well, and I think this is encouraging, in seven shots. But when you're talking about overall, uh, the best way to condense this is to just look at George Pickens versus Joey Porter Jr. When you're seeing... Pickens make these fabulous catches, leaping high, or somebody else, Calvin Austin, running behind some cornerback or safety. You're going to get a little bit stoked, and that video is going to get shared. No one is going to share a video, no matter how well it's taken, of a pass defense. Nobody does that. No one says, wow, man, what a great uh, track and stop by Porter. That was unbelievable that he was able to get. A, but Porter's had days where he's won that battle. Tomlin was shouting out at Pickens walking off the field after practice just a couple days ago. Hey, GP, young guy got you. You can get him tomorrow. He got you today. No one no one talks about that. That's not cool. That's not, you know, the sexy stuff. We all want to see the catches, so we do. And then we hit share and like and retweet or re-X or whatever it is that you're doing now on Twitter. So my own assessment is that to date, that the offense has fared significantly better than it did a year ago. And the offense has fared a little bit better than the defense so far. But then the defense hasn't had Minka Fitzpatrick yet. And most of what we're talking about here anyway is pass coverage. And if you're in a camp setting, a practice setting, and you're putting balls in the air, and you don't have the threat of Minka coming down with those balls, you're not really practicing the way you could be practicing. So... Between that and taking it easy on TJ, taking it easy on Cam, uh, don't read too much into this. 
there aren't many guys on offense getting those kinds of breaks. I appreciate the question. It's a very good one and a fair one. And I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. I'll be back out at St. Vincent College tomorrow if you're out there and happen to spot me wearing one of our t-shirts. I tend to be a walking billboard for the company. Feel free to wave, say hello. I'll try my best to make my way over and do likewise. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.